1: Thank you for joining us on Community Focus this morning, where we look at the issues that matter in South Florida and the people and organizations that are making a difference. Of course, the cost of everything has kind of gone up, although gas has finally come down. But we are always interested in keeping our electric bills to a minimum. And believe it or not, FPL wants to help us do that. So I'm very happy to welcome Energy Savings Representative from FPL, Bianca Soriano. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for inviting me on the show. Well, we spoke over the summer and we knew that things were really challenging then because we had just about the hottest summer ever. And winter, I would think, has some different challenges, although it hasn't been super cold yet this year. What do you see as the changes between summer and winter in South Florida as far as our energy consumption?
0: The good news is that energy consumption tends to go down in the winter months, even in South Florida. And that's because your AC normally will turn on to match whatever temperature setting your thermostat on. And it's working against the temperature outside. So even though it may not be, for instance, in the 40s or 50s here or lower, it's still cooler than it was back in the summer. So your AC may not need to turn on as much. Now's a great time to do maintenance on it change your filters, check on your coils, make sure everything's running efficiently because it's not working as hard as it was back in June, July.
1: So based on what you're saying, I'm guessing that the AC is really the number one thing that affects our energy bills.
0: It's true. We do see the AC is about 60% of most people's bills, especially here in South Florida. And I think, you know, we take it for granted. It turns on, your house feels comfortable, But we want to make sure that it's optimal, right? That all the right things are in order. So that way, when summer comes, your AC is ready to just really work overtime when the heat hits. And now is a really good time for that.
1: Yeah, because everyone you talk to will tell you their air conditioner Inevitably goes out in July or August. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Perfect timing. (laughs) Exactly. And we've had just, you know, aside from rain, the temperatures have been really nice so far this year and toward the end of last year. But we haven't had one of our really cold, cold fronts when, you know, it goes down into the 40s. How does that impact when we have to start using our heat?
0: So if there are folks that use the heat when they get cold, let's say we get a couple of days of in the 40s and they want to turn on their heater. What we recommend is, you know, try to keep it, you know, around 68. If you don't have to use the heater at all, maybe use a warmer blanket or use a space heater, of course, safely. I think you can grab one at a local store, you know, for maybe 20 bucks, 30 bucks. It's a lot less energy consuming to do it that way rather than using your heater.
1: And what other things can we do in addition to maintaining the air conditioner to help reduce that temperature related energy cost? You know, are there ways to block heat from coming in the windows or cold, whichever it may be?
0: Yeah, actually, you mentioned, you know, temperatures have been pleasant. So if you've got your thermostat set at 72 and it's 65 outside, it might be a good day to open up your windows and You know, let your AC take a rest, air out your home. As soon as the temperatures pick back up, you know, close them because you don't want your AC turning on and doing too much after that. But that's, you know, a really nice thing to do when these temperatures are nice and the wind is blowing. Another thing is, you know, you can use your fan if you're warm to cool yourself off while you're in the room. When you leave the room, turn it off. It doesn't cool the room. It just cools you. And, um, you know, like I mentioned, just use blankets, space heaters. Try to let the sun into the window where you're at in that particular room if you're cold. The sun is a perfect way to get warm, especially here in South Florida. And just try to do that no-cost type stuff to keep your pocket a little better this time of year.
1: I have to tell you what you said about the fan cooling you and not the room changed my life. Because I used to leave fans running all the time, and now... I shut them off and I've seen the difference in my electric bills.
0: That's great. So yeah. Thank yeah. you That's for the pro tip. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, what are some other appliances that really impact our energy usage?
0: There is a big user also in water heating that could be for showers, for dishes, for whatever, you know, you heat your water for. And it really isn't necessary to... Heat your water. If you're not going to be home for an extended period of time, you can even shut it off at the breaker, the water heater. Um, some folks may be gone for the long holiday coming up, so that's a good opportunity. And you'll save money because there's no need to heat water if no one's going to use that water.
1: No, I guess the other,
0: not. <laughs> mm-hmm, and then you can even turn the temperature down on that water heater to 120 and still take nice warm showers.
1: And if you're using, say, hand-washing dishes versus a dishwasher... Is one better than the other?
0: It is better to use your dishwasher because a lot of us tend to just let the water run while we wash dishes, especially if it's hot water. And you will save both on your electric bill and your water bill because the dishwasher will just do whatever setting you put it to and that's it. But when we're hand washing, we tend to go over time both with water and the heat.
1: Okay. Are there other little changes that we can make or you know, start to do at home that will help cut money from our electric bills?
0: There's some really small things we can do. One of them is phantom energy users. There's things that we keep plugged on or plugged in the wall all the time, and it's not necessary. That could be a gaming console, laptop chargers. We call them phantom because we forget they're there, but they are consuming electricity very quietly. So if you just want to take a walk around and see what some of those things might be in your home and just unplug them, there's some savings there. And also when you're cooking, there's some really great devices now that are small and consume less energy, like air fryers, toaster ovens. If you can cook using one of those versus your stovetop or your oven, that will also help you save in the long term.
1: Okay. There's something called FPL House of Savings. What is that?
0: The FPL House of Savings is a really cool experience we developed to help people have fun while learning about saving and also help their neighbors. So it's a virtual reality or an augmented reality experience. You can do it on your phone or your tablet or even using a virtual reality headset, if you've got one of those. And it's a walk through a home where we can sort of make a game of all these tips. And there's Easter eggs throughout, and you can answer questions to figure out how to consume electricity uh, wisely in that particular home. And you get a lot of these same tips and more on the house of savings. For everyone who completes it, we donate funds toward our Care to Share program. And what that is, is sometimes folks lose their jobs or have some sort of health crisis and they need help paying their electric bill. And we use the money to support our customers who are in those type of situations.
1: That's just so wonderful. Um, You know, I have to imagine that there are skeptics thinking, why does FPL want us to cut our electric bills? It's how you make your money. And why do you want us to help share and donate to charity?
0: We care about our customers. We live and serve the same communities as the listeners. And so we just want to do the right thing. And we understand that electricity is such an essential service. And so anytime there's an opportunity to help, we want to show up and we want our customers to get engaged.
1: I know that there are some tax credits that are available that have to do with certain purchases of energy savings appliances. Can you tell us about those?
0: Yes, there's such a great opportunity even through 2032, and it's in making your home more energy efficient. Specifically, there's some great rebates both from your federal government and your tax credits and from FPL for the AC unit being replaced and also for insulation. And if you've got a heating system, a heat pump, it can be used for that too. And so I believe there's up to $2,500 in tax credits if you choose to change out those appliances. But there's even more that the federal government is offering in way of replacing windows, doors, all sorts of benefits there. And it doesn't expire. You can do it every year, depending on what upgrades you choose to make in your home. And it's really, you know, with an intent of having energy efficiency homes that use less electricity in the long term.
1: Where can someone get information about that and find out what specific appliances are covered?
0: For information on rebates through FPL and both the the tax credits, you can visit fpl.com slash programs.
1: Now, while you're On FPL.com, in addition to programs, you also have other tips and tools that are available to help us manage our energy use. Where do we go for those?
0: We have the House of Savings virtual reality experience and all of our tips available on FPL.com slash ways to save.
1: Okay. And I did want to say when you were talking about doing the virtual walkthrough of House of Savings that after you finish, remember to unplug the gaming console.
0: (laughs) That's right. It'll save you, I believe, up to $100 a year if you're really mindful of those gaming consoles.
1: Wow. And you, that really adds up when you start to out. If one appliance saves you 100 and another one saves you 100 another one saves you 50 next thing you know, you've got a trip to Disney World paid for. There you
0: go. <laughs> That's Absolutely. a good math.
1: <laughs> and even when you started mentioning, you know, all the electronics and our laptops and things that we keep plugged in or just the chargers, the TV... I know I turn it off with the remote, but it's not completely off.
0: If you see a little light on a device, red or green, it's, it's using electricity for something. And so something you can do is if you've got a TV and a gaming console and a sound bar, for instance, in the same space, put it on an electric strip. And that way, if it's not going to be in use, you can just turn it on and off altogether.
1: Okay. And what about using timers in the house? Because the timers themselves are plugged in and drawing some energy, but if they can turn other appliances on and off, like the AC, turn it off when you're not home or set the thermostat, if you have a smart thermostat, and then have it turn on, say, an hour before you get back home so it cools the house.
0: We don't recommend turning your AC off altogether. And the reason is it it will get really, really warm. And then rather than having to lower the temperature in your home from, let's say, 76 to 72, it'll have to do it from 85 right down to 72. And that's, that's a lot of energy being consumed. But absolutely putting it on a set schedule that aligns to your lifestyle and to your comfort level is a really smart way to save. You can definitely increase all the way up to 82 if you're comfortable and you're not going to be home. But for every degree you raise your temperature, you can save up to 5% on your cooling costs.
1: Okay. Listen, savings of any kind can make up the difference in another area of your life where you need some extra cash. As far as the Care to Share program, if someone needs assistance... How do they contact FPL if they need to be a beneficiary of that program?
0: You can call the number on your bill to get care to share help. We also have the information available on fpl.com slash help. And depending on which county you live in, we can direct you to the right resource to make sure you get help to pay your bill. You know, we, we understand people fall into crisis situations. They lose jobs. They have health situations. There's all sorts of reasons why our neighbors need help. And so we just really want to make sure that disconnection is a last resort and, you know, bills piling up is a last resort. So if somebody needs help, help is available. We just need to get in touch.
1: Okay. And when you mentioned a couple of the things about insulating the house as a way to keep bills down, how can we know what's a good company to turn to for a major project?
0: We do have a list of vendors who can support that type of project available on fpl.com slash programs. And there, you know, you can take from the list and call the ones in your area. And those are the folks that we've worked with in the past successfully to help replace installation or update air conditioning units or heat pumps.
1: And they would also be able to work with you and a client to work out those tax breaks that you have available.
0: Those are the ones who are authorized to, you know, redeem rebates and get you those savings.
1: Perfect. Is there anything else that we don't know yet that you can share with us? For more
0: information on their bill, customers can also log on to it's called the FPL Energy Manager, and it will break down their specific energy use in their home by appliance, by time of day. And it also shows the temperature outside so that you can get a sense of what different temperatures mean for you and your household, how they affect your consumption. And you can just really monitor hour by hour, day by day, and know what adjustments you need to make to make your bill less.
1: That's brilliant. I'm afraid to see what mine would look like. It would be all the <laughs> hours would be all off and people would suddenly know, oh, that's what Ellen's doing at weird hours
0: in the night. <laughs> <laughs> we tend to see that most folks bills spike in the morning and in the evening, uh, it's pretty normal. But, you know, like I said, temperature is just such a large uh, impact on on the bills. And now this time of year, hopefully we'll all get some relief because of the cooler weather.
1: Oh, yeah. There's huge differences from, say, September to January, mm-hmm. February. Absolutely. What was the website again for doing that breakdown of your bill?
0: For the energy manager, you can visit fpl.com slash to save and there's a link that you can get started.
1: Fantastic. Okay, so we have fpl.com slash programs if you are looking to do the house of savings and do that walkthrough of your home and see where you can make the best changes. And of course, Ways to Save has everything about how to save money on your electric bill. You guys are great. I really appreciate what you do. You know, I know we usually talk during hurricane season, but it's also good to touch base when we're not all looking over our shoulder into the Atlantic for when the next That's storm right. is coming.
0: We have some relief for now.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Bianca Soriano, FPL rep, energy saving expert. We really appreciate what you have to share with us.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Joining us now on Community Focus, a New York Times best selling author, Known for his political thrillers, you may recognize titles like The Tenth Justice, Inner Circle, The Escape Artist, which debuted at number one. Or you may have seen him on the History Channel hosting Decoded, the ten greatest conspiracies of all time. And if you have children who watch Xavier Riddle and the Secret Museum on PBS, then you're already familiar with Brad Meltzer and his children's book series, Ordinary People Who Change the World. The newest addition to the series is now available. It's especially gratifying to share his success locally since he is a graduate of Miami-Dade Public Schools. Brad Meltzer, how are you?
2: I am doing well. I, uh, I'm i finally talking to my hometown. I live in Fort Lauderdale.
1: Listen, you and I went to North Miami Beach High, so we have a connection. <laughs> I'm a fellow charger. I knew, you, I knew you looked familiar. Exactly, exactly. And congratulations on everything that you have done with your post high school and graduate career. All of your books. Uh, very kind. What is it like for you to be considered in a category with authors like David Baldacci and John Grisham and top 25 New York Times bestsellers?
2: You know, for me, it still doesn't. I don't know. When you say it, I'm like, oh, that sounds good because I don't think about that. I never think about that. I just do my job and tell the story. And all I know is, you know, my family buys a lot of copies.
1: (laughs) It's not just your family, okay? Granted, you've got three kids, but they're not doing the shopping right now. Um, But they were the inspiration for your newest book, which is what now, 32 in the series of children's books?
2: Yeah, you know, we started years ago. I wanted to give my kids better heroes to look up to, heroes of kindness, perseverance. We started with I'm Amelia Earhart. We did, I am Abraham Lincoln, illustrated kids' books. And we did, I am Jackie Robinson for my son who loves sports. I am Rosa Parks, and I am Dr. King. And this is now the 10-year anniversary of the kids' book series, and we're celebrating with the number one most requested hero we get is, I am Ruth Bader Ginsburg. We listen to the kids. That's who they wanted, so that's who we're doing for the anniversary.
1: Now, when you say now, when you listen say- to the kids, are you talking about kids who write to you or your very own kids?
2: No, I never listen to my own kids. They don't <laughs> care. They um, No, I... We listen. No, it's the kids who write to us. My kids. I started this for my kids when they were five and eight years old. Okay. 10 year okay. It's a ten-year anniversary. One thing, college now, so they've outgrown the books. But it's the kids around the country. They write to me. They tell me who they want, and we and we get letter after letter. They come to the book signs. A girl last night came dressed as Amelia Earhart. A few days ago, two girls came dressed as Ruth Bader Ginsburg because they wanted to dress up like her. So we, we listen to you, and and the thing that I love is, you know, no, we think of Ruth Bader Ginsburg as this serious Supreme Court justice. But as a little girl, she just wanted to go on adventures. She wanted to play tag. She wanted to climb trees. But at a time when she was growing up where girls weren't supposed to do that, right? You can't do that. They would, you know. And what I love is that it's her mother who helped her break the stereotype. Her mother used to take her to the library every Friday afternoon, would say, Ruth, you can pick out five books. And among the books she loved most were books about real heroes, Mm-hmm. Amelia Earhart and Rosa Parks and Harriet Tubman, I should say, and she learns one of life's great lessons. There's absolutely nothing that a girl can't do. And I want my daughter to hear that lesson. I want my son to hear that lesson. That's what I Am Ruth Bader Ginsburg is all about.
1: Thank you for that. It's very similar to the Sonia Sotomayor Book that you did. I am Sonia Sotomayor, and it sounds like she had a very similar kind of upbringing. Which doesn't mean that everyone who is taught that girls can do what boys do will end up as a Supreme Court justice. But again, that you know, mother and abuelita connection, and the you can do anything, you don't have to be limited by your gender. And I'm sure that your now more grown children appreciate that.
2: Yeah, that's the lesson, right? That's the lesson is we don't need you to be a Supreme Court justice. These aren't the stories of famous people. This is what we're all capable of in our very best days. We all can just remind ourselves that you can do whatever you want to do. And that you don't have to be, you know, my, my daughter doesn't care about the Supreme Court. But what she does care about is knowing that she's full of potential.
1: And was this something that you were taught as a child? Or did this happen after you first had your own children?
2: That's a good question. You know, um, I had my grandfather. My grandfather, Benjamin Rubin, who I named my first son after, um, he just always used to tell me stories because he knew I loved stories. And I used to watch him give away our old toys. And we didn't have much money in Brooklyn, New York, but I would watch him give away beat up old toys for us. But there were kids who had less than us. And just when we thought, you know, whatever we have, we have plenty compared to some of the kids in our neighborhood. And I remember watching those kids react to those toys we were giving away. And they were so excited by this thing that I thought was garbage. And it just taught me. You can serve. You can put good into the world. And that's all these books are. It's just me using these stories to try and put some good back into the world.
1: But what you do so magically is, first of all, you've got your illustrator who does these adorable pictures and illustrations of the story that you're telling, but it's in plain English and it does so much to bring out the personality of both the subject and their family members. How much time were you able to spend with the subjects of these books? Yeah, that's
2: been the real fun. That's the part I never thought was going to happen. So when we did, I am Jane Goodall. Jane Goodall weighed in on her book. Dolly Parton weighed in on hers, and Oprah Winfrey's you know teamed on hers. And we had you know I spent two hours on the phone with Billie Jean King when she was correcting every color shoe she wore in each <laughs> match, I'm sure they were right. And you know and, and and you know it's a cartoon illustrated series, so Chris is drawing Chris Eliopoulos, our incredible artist. Is drawing, you know, it looks like Calvin and Hobbes meets Charlie Brown, these beautiful cartoons. But for Ruth Bader Ginsburg, I, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's daughter was one of my professors in law school. So I got to go directly to her and say, hey, here's the book. Tell me what you think. But the irony is, is Ruth Bader Ginsburg herself is the only hero in the Ordinary People Change the World book series, who I actually knew before I wrote about her. But because her daughter was my professor, I got to meet her over the years. I knew her. We were both witnesses at a friend's wedding. My friend got married, a mutual friend of both of ours, and she asked uh, Justice Ginsburg and myself to be the witnesses to sign the wedding certificate at her wedding. So we're in the back room, my friend's in her white dress, which are stuffed into this little tiny room, and Justice Ginsburg signs first. And they all look at me, and I'm like, do you really need me at this point? <laughs> I think she's on the job, you know?
1: Right.
2: Um, So my only regret is I never got to tell her we were doing I Am Ruth Giddy Ginsburg about her. Mm -hmm. I never got to tell her we were doing the book about her.
1: So you've got 32 so far. Of course, the newest is Ruth, an amazing woman. Who else is on your wish list, your hero list?
2: Yeah, so we just did Mr. Rogers, who has been like my number one for so long. And that was one that we just came out with as well. But coming up, you're going to see the next one is uh, I Am Jesse Owens is going to come for the Olympics. And I'm really excited for people to see that. I can't believe we're still fighting Nazis in 2024, but here we are. And so we're doing, I am Jesse Owens. And then, you know, our list, when I first went in for the publisher, they said, oh, it's so adorable. You're doing, I am Amelia Earhart and I am Abraham Lincoln, two cute books for kids. Mm. And I said, no, not two books. I said, I want to do a hundred books. I want to build a library. And they didn't laugh. And I, it's very hard to change the minds of adults. But we've got 7 million books in print and we are arming building a little army of kids who are filled with compassion and kindness and I'm I'm stubborn I'm going to make my way to 100.
1: I have no doubt about it and they do. I mean the the concept of compassion and kindness. I am grateful for that. It's such a beautiful concept and I got to tell you from my viewpoint these are not books just for kids. I love them and I think everyone adults should read these as well because like I say they're in layman's terms. It's not like reading And I love Doris Kearns Goodwin, but, you know, you're talking about 30 pages versus 600. And you still get as much of a sense of the person and who they are. So you've managed to encapsulate everything in a small but powerful package. Um, You have a foundation that goes along with this book set. Can you talk about that?
2: Yeah, um, you know, absolutely. I love the fact that we get to take the proceeds we take from these books. And for 27 years now... We donate 10% of everything we get to charity. And um, I, it's great that I'm talking to someone in my hometown in Florida because we've used it to build City or Miami, a beautiful charity that works in Miami and most at-risk schools. We put real full-time mentors in those schools to help kids who need help. And I'm so proud of the fact that we've been doing that for all these years and help, you know, share it, the Breast Cancer Association um, that helps people with breast cancer and ovarian cancer. And I love the fact we get to give back to our Florida community.
1: Do you want to give the website, and do you need volunteers or donations, assistance in any way for the charity?
2: Yeah, Yeah. if you go to CityYearMiami.org or just CityYear.org, C-I-T-Y-Y-E-A-R.org, we would love donations. Uh, It doesn't come anything to me. It goes straight to the 501c3. It's one of the great—you can look them up. They are an A-rated charity. We adore them. But fundraising is hard in Florida. And if you are a public school person and were the beneficiary of the public schools in Miami— they're much harder than when you were there. And these full-time mentors that we put there sit with the kids, work with the kids. They figure out what help they need, and they help them help the teachers in there as well. And we could, even if you're making a 5 or $10 donation, but even better if you can make a $500 to $1,000 donation, um, please go to cityyear.org and click down on the Miami One and, and help us uh, help our, our hometown.
1: Outstanding. Thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're doing for education. Um, Do you want to mention anything about a new thriller, a new conspiracy book coming up?
2: Yeah, so The Nazi Conspiracy is about the secret plot to kill FDR, Stalin, and Churchill at the height of World War II. That is out in paperback, so it comes out the same time as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. So you can buy The Nazi Conspiracy for yourself. I am Ruth Bader Ginsburg for the little one or your grandkid in your life. And I love the fact that they're both coming out. And then we're working on the next adult thriller right now, and those will be out hopefully next year.
1: Awesome. Brad Meltzer author and doing so much good for our community and the country. Thank you for everything that you've done. And it is a joy to read your books.
2: Oh, so kind of you.
1: And you do have plenty of time to plan to meet Brad in person today. You know, he's been at Barnes and Noble and Books and Books this weekend, today between 2.30 and 5 o'clock. He and the series illustrator, Chris Eliopoulos, will both be at the Posnack JCC in Davie, celebrating the 10th anniversary of Ordinary People Who Changed the World and the release of the 32nd book in the series, I Am Ruth Bader Ginsburg. You can find details and the link to register on the events listing on our website. Of course, You knew I would have to mention this. While you're looking at the events, please take a minute to sign up for the VCA Walk for the Animals to benefit the Humane Society of Broward County. We are just a few weeks away, February 3rd. We're going to get together at Las Olas Intracoastal Promenade Park, along with a couple of thousand friends, neighbors, and dogs for a one-mile stroll along A1A. So you can join Team CMG and walk with us, walk on your own, or start your own pack. It's free to sign up. We do ask that you share to social media to encourage donations. This is a really important fundraiser for the Humane Society, not just for the great care they give the animals in the shelter, but also for their community outreach programs with therapy dogs, educational programs for kids to earn service hours, and then there are those snuggle deliveries, office visits to help reduce employee stress, and can't we all use that? Dogs, kittens, they're great for that. So I hope we'll see you there. If you have questions about today's program or would like to suggest a topic, you can email me at ellen.jaffe at cmg.com. That's J-A-2-F's 1-E. Or leave a message on the open mic feature on our app, which, of course, you can download for free wherever you get your apps. And join me again next Sunday for an all-new edition of Community Focus. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.